Well, we've got the great mystery writer, Connie Berry, now, and she's going to be uh, reading from the new book coming out, A Collection of Lies, and it's part of her Kate Hamilton Mysteries. I think it's book five, so uh, welcome, Connie. Well, thank you for having me. It is book five. It's coming out in June, and I'm going to be reading from chapter one, and I'll tell you, um, I can't do a really cool British accent. I actually can't even do um, a vaguely believable British accent, so you're going to have to imagine that. But Kate has just married her fiancé, Detective Inspector Tom Mallory, just being the operative word since a run-in with a drugs dealer almost sabotaged the wedding. But now they're honeymooning in Devon, and they're contemplating a possible career move for Tom from policing to nice, safe, private investigations. Thursday, January 2nd, the Old Bell Inn, Devon, England. Murderers can be perfectly ordinary people. Tom was stretched out atop atop the duvet, bare-chested and wearing his navy sweatpants. I'm serious, Kate. They're often people you'd never suspect. Small irritations build up, and one day they just snap. I once arrested a pensioner for stabbing her neighbor to death with a garden trowel, because she was sure some of the weed killer he was spraying had drifted onto her prize roses. I started to laugh, and my coffee went down the wrong way. That's not funny. He looked slightly hurt. I thumped my chest, trying to breathe. I'm sorry, but do you think all newlyweds chat about murder on their honeymoon? To be fair, the topic was hardly surprising. Tom was a detective inspector in the Suffolk Constabulary, but I was an antiques dealer and appraiser. Not a particularly treacherous profession. I was leading up to something. Tom picked up a blue folder. We'll be on Dartmoor tomorrow. It's time to think about our investigation. Listen to this. Of all the crimes in Devon's history, the most mysterious may be the case of Nancy Thorne, a 30-year-old lace maker from the lost Dartmoor village of Whittacombe Throop. Wait a minute, I interrupted him. What do you mean by lost village? How can an entire village be lost? Lots of reasons. Climate change, for one. Settlements that thrived during the medieval warm period were abandoned as the climate cooled. And during World War II, there were villages that, in other words, you don't know. I gave him a playful shove. Keep reading. Tom grinned. At 1 a.m. on the night of 7th September 1885, Nancy returned to the cottage she shared with her sister, a seamstress, in a state of incoherence. Her hair was disheveled. Her dress was torn and soaked with what appeared to be blood. For reasons never explained, neither the village doctor nor the local constable was called. Witnesses testified that Nancy arrived as usual for the six o'clock service at the village church, but left soon afterwards. The vicar, Edward Quick, assumed she had been taken ill. Later, concerned for Nancy's well-being, he called at the cottage where her sister Sally told him Nancy had not returned home. When Nancy finally did appear, she claimed to have no memory of the events of that night and could offer no explanation for the blood on her frock. The police launched launched an investigation, but as no person in the surrounding area had gone missing and no body, human or animal, was ever discovered, the case was closed. Nancy died at the age of 46 without ever speaking of the events that occurred that night. Tom closed the folder. Well, that's the case. Please don't tell me we're expected to solve a 140-year-old murder. No. This is what Nash says. 
The Museum of Devon Life, a small but highly regarded institution led by Dr. Hugo Hawksworthy, formerly of the Mary Rose Museum in Portsmouth, has received a sizable grant for a new exhibit to be called Famous Crimes in Devon's History. Your assignment will be to establish, if possible, the provenance of the dress. Did it really belong to the lace maker in question? Are the stains on the dress human blood? Can we identify the blood type or retrieve any DNA material? Tom looked at me over his glasses. What do you think? Interesting, I said in an offhand way, trying to hide a smile. I was fascinated, and Tom knew it. Sounds a lot safer than policing. Hmm, yes. He lay back and put an arm under his head. Leaving the force is a major decision. Our lives will change. We've already made one life-changing decision. Spending the rest of our lives together, that's turned out pretty well so far. So far, he gave me a cheeky smile. Jury's still out then. The real test will be when we get home, figuring out who cooks and who does the dishes, who squeezes the toothpaste tube from the middle, that sort of thing. I glanced around our suite. This isn't exactly real life. The old bell? Tom frowned. If I remember correctly, you called it nothing in the middle of nowhere. I meant it as a compliment. I know you did. He reached over and touched my cheek. The old bell, a former coaching inn near Oakhampton, was perched on a rise overlooking a wild, rushing stream. No fancy spa, no gourmet restaurant with tiny portions artistically presented, no signature cocktails, just comfortable beds, excellent cooking, gorgeous surroundings, and privacy. Frankly, I was getting a bit restless. I needed a challenge, and a blood-stained Victorian dress sounded right up my alley. A discreet knock on the door sent me scrambling for my cashmere robe, a wedding gift from my friend, Lady Barbara Finchley Ford. Coming, I pulled the soft fabric around my body and tied the sash. Breakfast, madam, came a voice from the hallway. I'll leave it outside, shall I? No, no, I opened the door. Come in. A middle-aged woman in a black skirt and white apron entered, balancing a large tray. We don't like to disturb our honeymoon couples. It's no problem. I can see that. She raised an eyebrow, probably assuming our matching black eyes and the gash on Tom's forehead, souvenirs from an encounter with a drugs dealer just before our wedding, were the result of a domestic dispute. Placing the tray on a table, she started to leave, then turned back. Always best to talk things out, my loves. We waited until the sound of her footsteps died away, then collapsed into laughter. An hour later, the coffee cold and our plates nearly empty, we were still in bed. Thinking about Nancy Thorne's dress, Tom asked. Actually, I was thinking about historical mysteries in general, uncovering the past. Everyone involved is long gone. No crime, no danger. I never learn. We should think about making a move, Tom said. I suppose so. I looked over at his profile the straight nose, the angles of his cheekbones, the slight scar near his ear. Life, miraculously, had given me a second chance at love. A whole new life with his charming, gifted, gorgeous, irresistible. Come on, then. He started to get up. I pulled him back down. Oh, not yet. So that's it. Add in a cybersecurity expert who lives and dresses as if it were 1855, an ex-juvenile delinquent turned tough-on-crime MP, a Romani family who camped on the moor, local legends about a deadly peat mire, and Kate learns that historical mysteries aren't always nice and safe. Well, incredible. You're just keeping the series going. How, how do you keep the uh, excitement of, uh, of the series going and 
with the surroundings being in the UK? Uh, well, I, I heard one time actually from my agent that uh, when you establish a location like um, Long Barston in Suffolk is the primary location of the series, that your readers want to stay there, but that you're allowed to kind of take a little detour maybe every three books or so. So I'm taking my little detour to Devon. So I have um, some new characters. And, and I think actually what keeps a series going uh, is is change in the characters. They can't be just static. There there has to be something new, some decisions to make. They have to learn things. They have to grow. They have to develop as people. And so um, I, I had this overarching kind of character arc in mind, and um, there's still some things that Kate and Tom have to learn, so hopefully they can keep going for a little bit. Oh, I'm sure they will. Well, thank you very much.